Judges chapter number 2. Judges chapter number 2 tonight, where we're going to be. We spoke last, last time that we got to uh, be in here and go through the book of Judges on Sunday night was uh, Judges chapter number 1, and we read verse 21 through 36, and we talked about the disruption of disobedience and how disobedience leads us uh, to destructive lifestyles and uh, it, it causes destruction in our life. And we're going to see this pattern that takes place here. But we talked about the importance of what obedience does and how obedience is commanded. We're supposed to obey God and all those things. And uh, we're going to invite you to stand tonight, if you would, out of respect for the Word of God. I'm going to read three verses to you this evening. And then uh, we're going to get into the message. I'm going to go back and start reading some of it, kind of recap tonight. I know we're having a fellowship, and all of us like to eat, so I'm going to try to be quick, all right? So if you listen fast, we'll get done fast, and uh, it'll work out tonight, all right? Judges, chapter number 2, starting in verse number 10. It says, And also all that, uh, all that generation were gathered together with their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord their God, uh, the God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods. And of the gods of the people were round about them. They bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And in verse 13 it says, And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. I want to preach a message to you tonight called A Tailspin to Tragedy. They just went into a, sp- a tailspin here, the nation of Israel did, and now their tragedy is happening uh, amongst God's people. And I want to read, we're going to go back to verse number one. I'm going to read some things. We're going to talk about uh, this passage tonight, but I believe it's applicable for our lives this evening. I'm going to share some truths with you about these gods, Baal and Ashtaroth tonight, and what they served and what they represented and those kind of things, and it'll kind of open your eyes to some things tonight. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this evening. Thank you for the Word of God, Lord. And uh, Lord, I just, I love to study your Word. I love to study these words and what they mean and the definitions of things. And Lord, how you show me your truths and just strengthen the faith that I have in you through your Word. And Lord, we sure love you and thank you for the goodness that you have. Lord, all the testimonies that have been brought forth tonight, Lord, just about your goodness and how you've changed people's lives. Lord, nothing can take uh, that place in our lives but what you have done, Lord. And we we can remember uh, what you saved us out of, Lord, not to glory in our past or to glory in the past sinful life, but to give glory and honor to you for bringing us out of that muck and mire and, Lord, setting our feet upon a rock. And, Lord, we're sure glad for that. Lord, if there's any here tonight that do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray they'll trust you tonight. And, Lord, that you'll strengthen us. Help us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices as we go down through this, Lord. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Judges chapter 2, starting in verse number 1, it says, And the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bosham and said, I made you to go up out of Israel and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I swear unto your fathers, and I said, I will, ne- I will never break my covenant with you. He said, And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Can you imagine the angel of the Lord reminding you that you disobeyed him and said, why have you done this? Why have you done this? 
That's what he's saying to the, the nation of Israel. He said, I brought you out of the land, brought you to the place where I promised you. I kept my covenant with you that I was going to do this. He said, and you left me. You forsook me. You turned to other gods. You did all these things. Why have you done this? Wherefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And they called the name of the place Bosham, and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man into his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did in Israel. Now this is very significant. What it says here, it says, And they served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, that saw God do all the great miracles, that saw God do all those things. It said they served him. As they were alive, they served him. They served the Lord. But look what it says in verse number 8. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of the inheritance of uh, timnath Eris in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of Gash. And also all the generations were gathered unto their fathers. They're talking about all the people that outlived them, that saw all those miracles, that saw God do all that stuff. He said, they all went and they died. So they went to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them you understand there's a generation coming after us said there arose another generation which knew not the lord nor yet the works which he had done in israel and the children of israel did evil in the sight of the lord and served balaam now how could they get from serving the lord following after him doing what he wanted them to do now, they're all serving the Lord, even this younger generation serving the Lord, all of this, while Joshua's alive, and while the elders who saw all the miracles and all the things that were done, until they all passed away, and now there's a tailspin. There's a slippery slope happening here, and now they're going in a, a tailspin, and this is a generation, listen, that... The, the generations now that had known the Lord passed off the scenes and another generation arose that knew not the Lord nor the works which he had done for Israel. And my mind goes back to our nation and our founding fathers and how they knew the Lord and they were uh, wanting to start a, a nation based on the Bible and the Word of God and the truths of the Word of God. And many people even throughout our lifetime that we call the champions of the faith, different preachers that we know and um, different people that have stood for righteousness and stood for right that have passed off the scenes. And now, here in this passage of Scripture, you have all those that, that came out of Egypt, that all these things that, that had been done, and now they're all dead, and now they're in a downhill spiral, and they're serving Balaam, and they're going down serving all these other gods. How could all this be? I'll tell you why. Because they didn't know God. Oh, they knew of God, but they didn't know God. 
See, our theme this year, to know God and to make Him known, there's more to knowing God than having a head knowledge about who God is. There's more to knowing God than it is just saying, oh, I believe, uh, I know the Bible is God's Word. There's more to it than that. There's more to knowing God than just saying, hey, God is a uh, one that's always been, who created everything, and uh, that's what we've been taught. And so we know that uh, God spoke everything into existence in six literal days, and on the seventh day He rested, and uh, God saw that everything that He made was good, and uh, we know that God was the creator of everything, and He put Adam in the garden, and we could go on and through all these things. Well, we know God did all those things, but that's not knowing God. See, here's another generation that grew up and it said they knew not the Lord nor of the works which he had done. What that means is they knew of God and they knew uh, what God had done for the, the people before them, but they did not know him. They didn't know who he was. And I begin to think about our younger generation coming up after me and my heart is broken to the fact that, listen, we are having a generation of people that do not know God. They don't know the Lord. They don't know who he is. And just as the nation of Israel in this, uh, as I was reading through it, it said, and they, uh, it said, and there arose another generation which knew not the Lord nor the works which He had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam, and they forsook the Lord, God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods. And I thought, my soul, God's people following other gods how is this possible and God brought to my heart that's so evident in our lives today how God's people do the same thing see this generation knew about the Lord but they didn't know him personally they didn't know the witness they weren't witnesses of his miracles and the power that he had uh, done personally they weren't they didn't see the walls of Jericho fall. They didn't see the Red Sea parted. They didn't see the, the manna from heaven. They didn't see the sun stand still. They didn't see the being led by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. They didn't see the Jordan River. They didn't see all of those things. Oh, they heard about it because remember he said, what mean ye by these stones when they crossed the Jordan River? And he said, as a memorial so that when they asked, what mean ye by these stones, you can tell them of the things which God had done. I believe they knew of God and they knew of the miracles. And they had heard of the power of God. And they have heard of all those things. But they never experienced it for themselves. You say, why is that? I believe Joshua was a man of God. I believe Joshua was one that followed after God. But Joshua's gone. And all those that saw God do all these wonderful things are now gone. And why is the nation of Israel now in this tailspin headed towards tragedy? I believe it's because those that were teaching them about God weren't training them in the things of God you say what are you talking about you understand there is a difference between teaching and training there's a difference teaching is me giving you some knowledge to take to yourself and say oh that's nice training is saying this is what you need to know and this is how you accomplish that thing this is what you do this is applying that knowledge in your life that's training you notice, parents, the Bible never said, teach up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. He said, train up a child. 
in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. You know what that means? You don't just tell them that God is holy, God is just, God is powerful, and God expects us to live holy, righteously, and godly in this present world. We, we, we don't just tell them that. We live holy, righteously, and godly. And we say, this is what God commands us to do, so we are going to obey it, and we are going to do it. And we teach them how to do it. We develop godly habits in their life. See, there's a lot of times that young people and even ourselves alike are only doing good and following after the things of right because we respect those in authority over us and we're just doing it because we don't want to hurt those in leadership in front of us. And you say, well, that doesn't happen. Oh, yes, it does. There's a man by the name of Joash in the Bible that was king. And he was seven years old when he began to reign. And it said, and he did, he did right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. But as soon as Jehoiada died, he turned and he went towards the princes of this world. Why, why did he do all that? Because he owed Jehoiada a debt. Jehoiada helped him. He saved him. He, he took him out of his wicked grandmother, Athalia's uh, grasp, that was trying to kill him and all this stuff. Long story short, he only did right because he wanted to please Jehoiada. And now we have a generation of people that, oh, they were doing right for some time. They were doing right because their forefathers were telling them what they were supposed to do. And they were obeying for all this. But I'll tell you this, there's going to come a day where that generation is not going to be under the authority of mom and dad. This generation, and uh, you as adults, listen, you're not under the authority of your mom and your dad. You're not under the authority uh, of anything other than the authority of God's word. But you have to choose that you're either going to obey it or disobey it. And see, the nation of Israel decided to disobey it. Listen, each person must personally put their faith and trust in Jesus. I can give them knowledge about Jesus, just as I mentioned this morning, but you are the one that has to choose that for yourself. I'm the one that can teach you from the Word of God, and Sunday school teachers can teach you from the Word of God, and parents, you can teach your kids the Word of God, but you need to train them in those things so that they can develop this mindset of thinking that way, and they have to choose it for themselves. Don't think just because somebody goes wayward that you didn't do the right thing. Just so you understand, not every wayward child is the result of a bad mom and dad. Wayward children sometimes because they make their own choices. They make their own decisions. But you know what? They have a lot better chance of doing right for God if they have a godly example that's living it in front of them. This next generation heard about the deliverance out of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the Jordan River, the walls of Jericho, the sun standing still, the provision of the manna. They heard about all those things, how God fought for them and won the battles and all those things. They heard about them, but they didn't make them personal with themselves. They didn't develop that own relationship Oh, they were just stories without meaning. Oh, they heard about it, but because they had no faith, and they didn't put their faith in the God of heaven, oh, they were cool stories. Oh, wow, man, how God just let the nation of Israel walk around Jericho. I mean, I wasn't there that day, but that sounds cool to me. Here they are walking around one time a day for six days. On that seventh day, they march around seven times, blow the trumpet, yell real loud, and the walls fall down. Wow. That's pretty amazing. But you know what? They heard about that and they, they were probably like, yeah, yeah, wow, wow, wonderful, great story. Oh, well, the, you came to the Jordan River. How are you going to get across? Uh, the, the priest stepped in there with the Ark of the Covenant. The water went. Wow, that was, that's pretty neat. Why didn't it mean anything to them? Because they had no faith. Why can we talk about a man called Jesus? 
who was born in a lowly stable, who came to this earth because of me and because of you. And we talk about how he lived sinless upon this earth and we can talk about how he went and he suffered the agony that you and I deserved and he died on an old rugged cross. His blood was shed for you and I and people can sit there and say, yeah, well, great story, but really no meaning. Why can they do that? Because they have no faith. Faith is what leads you into that area of salvation. You say, what are you talking about? Because you cannot be saved without faith. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself. you got to have faith. See, they just didn't have faith in it. They didn't have it for themselves. There was no love for God, no desire to know Him. I mean, look at it. Verse 10, they knew not the Lord. Verse 11, they did evil in the sight of the Lord. Serve Balaam. Verse 12, it said they forsook the Lord. They followed other gods. And said they bowed themselves unto them. They bowed to other gods. Look at verse 13. They forsook the Lord, served Balaam and Ashtaroth. Listen, all those things, God's anger was kindled against the nation of Israel. They provoked him to anger. Why? Because they just were living life for self. You understand the only direction you can go when you disobey the Lord is down. The only direction you can go. See, these, these young people, these, this next generation was in a tailspin. And they were heading out of control. When we yield to temptation, we could lose in a moment what it took a lifetime for us to gain. You say, what are you talking about? When we begin to live for self and we forsake the Lord and we begin to serve the God of self or the God of money, or the God of whatever else it may be, the little G God that really has no power, the holy God in heaven who spoke everything into existence, he's the one with power, but yet we serve this little false God that's never really done anything for us. We take our eyes off of God, and guess what? What took us a lifetime to build in a testimony takes us one moment to destroy because we yield to temptation. The root of the problem is the lack of faith. I think about how that song, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We're prone to wander. We're wanderers. We wander around aimlessly blind in this world. It was a lack of faith. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. There was evil in their hearts, a love for sin, a love for pagan gods. How could all of this happen when God was so good to the nation of Israel? I mean, you just heard songs, God's been good. And God has been good. But let me ask you this, what kind of little G gods are you serving? What is it that you're serving after, that you're worshiping, that's motivating you, that you have this love for this one little sin, and I can't let go of this one sin because, God, that's just my little pet sin. And that little pet sin, guess what it's doing? It's severing a, uh, a fellowship that you could have with God. But we don't want to let it go. Why? Because in our hearts, we have a love for sin. Because guess what? When we got saved, we didn't lose a nature of sin. We still have it. 
That's why it's so important to feed ourselves with the Word of God. It's so important to have the milk of the Word and the bread of the Word and the meat of the Word. Why? That we can have the, a spiritual, uh, the spiritual strength to endure through the strength of God. I'm kind of just setting a stage to talk about these gods here quickly. These are the same reasons that people today turn from our God. We have yet to learn that we can't travel in the wrong direction and reach the right destination. See, you can't travel down a road of sin and expect to reach a life of blessing of God. You can't travel in the wrong direction and reach the right destination. Did you understand that if you drive west towards California, you're never going to be able to drive across the ocean and reach something that's on the opposite side on the east coast? You can't do that. Why? Because you'll end up in the water. You can't, you can't get there. You can't drive north towards Michigan and expect to end up in Texas. Not going to happen. Why? You're going in the opposite direction. But why is it that we start living a life this direction and expect God to treat us just like we're living holy, righteously, and godly, and we're living towards the world, and we're doing all these things, and we say, well, God, how come you're not blessing me? I thought you loved me. I thought you cared for me. I thought you're doing all this stuff. Because, listen, you can't expect to reach a destination if you're heading in the wrong direction. They served to God. Look at this. It says, verse 13, And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. It says, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. And I could read through all the rest of this, but it talks about verse 23. Look what it said. Therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out hastily, neither delivered he into the hand, neither, neither delivered he uh, them into the hand of Joshua. You know what God did? God kind of stepped back away from them. God said, fine, you want to serve other gods? Let's see how they fend for you. Let's see how this works out for you. And it said there was two different gods. I started studying. I had never really done a study on Baal and Ashtaroth, and I was intrigued by it when I read that. And I began to read about Baal and Ashtaroth, and I, it said they forsook the Lord and served him. Baal, was called, they called him Lord and Master. He was a, a fertility god of the Canaanites. They believed that he was a god of vegetation and would bring productivity uh, to the crops, to animals, and to men. They believed that he affected the weather and that he was... Uh, depicted of holding a lightning bolt in his hand and they said that he was a god of fire and they would oftentimes try to sacrifice their children in the fire just to serve Baal and to honor Baal and to find favor with Baal and they would worship him and uh, they would dance before him and shout loud and cut themselves and have some immoral acts among the, themselves all because they were serving this false god and they thought that would please this god Baal. And I began to think, man, how many people do we see right now dancing around and doing all those kind of things and cutting themselves and acting like fools and serving all these false gods? Just watch the news for any length of time and you'll see what's happening across our country. Why is it happening? Because people are forsaking God and going to Baal and going to these other little gods, going to these little G gods. You say, listen, I don't serve any other gods. Really, I'll tell you what, whatever you worship... Whatever motivates you to do what you do, that's the God that you serve. You say, what are you talking about? It could be money. Maybe that's what you live for. 
I don't know what it is uh, in your life, but I know there's been times in my life, and I'll just confess it to you today, I, I served a God of hunting. And you might smile about that. Go in my office and look on the wall. Okay, there's some deer hanging out there, but there was a time in my life that I'll tell you what, I ate, drank, slept, breathed, everything hunting. I didn't care about anything else really, Brother Eddie. I wanted to hunt all the time. And I think hunting's a good thing. I enjoy it. But you know what? When I put that before God, it becomes a little G God in my life. You know what? Your family can be your God. Parents, your children can be your God. I wonder how many of us love our kids more than we love God. But be careful. God is a jealous God. God wants to be preeminent in all things and we need to be careful what we elevate above him but here the nation of israel they knew not the lord nor the works which he had done they weren't there to see it all they had heard about it but they didn't really put faith in it and now they're turning to this false god this little statue of uh that they believe of fertility and this god that was going to make the vegetation grow and uh make them pretty productive in their life and they would uh walk around and cut themselves and scream and do all this stuff and that's the god that they served it said and they also served ashtaroth and i begin to study ashtaroth and think man what is the god of ashtaroth and it was a female deity representing the mother earth a goddess of fertility mother uh, the mother goddess or the queen of heaven She's been known by a number of names all throughout history, different names that they have, but the main one they called her was the Queen of Heaven. She's been worshipped throughout the world, all throughout different religions. Uh, You ever heard somebody say, well, Mother Earth does this? Or Mother Nature even does this? You know who they're talking about? They're talking about Ashtaroth. You know what? Mother Earth didn't do nothing because Holy God created Earth. Just so you understand that. We have to be careful on what we say. We have adopted a lot of language from the world. There's people that are taught that they just worship the earth. And Mother Earth, you know, provides for them, gives them their bounty and all of these things. Listen, the fact of the matter is Mother Earth was known as the God of Ashtaroth. She was known as the Queen of Heaven. Jeremiah 44, I want you to look there quickly if you would. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter number 44. Look what Jeremiah had to say about it. Verse 15 is where we'll start, Jeremiah 44. Then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense unto other gods and all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt and uh, Pathros, answered Jeremiah, saying, As for the word that, uh, that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. Look what it said. But we will certainly do whatsoever things goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto who? The queen of heaven. And to pour out drink offerings unto her, as we have done, we and our fathers and our kings and our princes, in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, and we have plenty of victuals, were well and saw no evil. And then in verse 19 it said, And when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her and did make her cakes to worship her and pour out drink offerings unto her with, without our men, 
Then Jeremiah said unto all the people, and to the men and the women, and to all the people that had given him the answer, saying, The incense that ye have burned in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, ye and your fathers and your kings and your princes and your people and your land, did not the Lord remember them, and it came not into his mind, so that the Lord could no longer bear because of the evil of your doings and because of the abominations which ye have committed. Therefore your land is desolate and an astonishment and a curse without inhabitants at this day because you have burned incense and because you have sinned against the Lord and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord nor walked in his law nor in his statutes. Listen, what he was telling them is, listen, you ought not to serve this mother or this queen of heaven because there is no such thing as a queen of heaven. There's a king called God and that's who you need to serve. But as I began to study it further, this queen of heaven was also known as the mother of God. Does that sound familiar? And a teaching that we know of today. The mother of God was known as a virgin Mary. You understand that Mary has no spiritual power? Do you understand that? I think Mary was a godly lady and she found favor in the eyes of God. And God used her to birth Jesus Christ into this earth. But Mary cannot forgive your sins. You have no business praying to Mary. Mary is not the mother of God. She's the mother of Jesus. I know Jesus is God, but let me understand who created Mary. God created Mary. The fact of the matter is, Mary's a sinner like you and I. Mary was born in sin. You know what Mary had to do? Mary had to understand that there was a lamb that was going to take away the sin of the world. And could you imagine uh, when she, after she had put her faith in all of that, and now the angel of the Lord appears before her and says, hey, there's going to be a baby born in you, and that's going to be the Messiah. You know what? I don't believe Mary was walking around saying, hey, worship me, worship me, worship me, worship me. But you know what they were doing all the way back? They were worshiping this queen of heaven. And you know what Satan has done? He's twisted a lot of truth, and he's twisted a lot of things, making people believe that Mary has some spiritual significance. And the Catholic Church, guess what they do? They worship Mary. They pray to Mary. They do all these things. They even believe that Mary can intercede between us and God. But in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. See, the fact of the matter is, I don't think Catholic people are bad because they're Catholics. I think anybody who worships anything other than the one true God is believing a lie, believing a false teaching, believing a doctrine. And as a pastor, as a preacher of the gospel, it is my job to teach truth. And the truth of the matter is, there's a lot of people today that worship in this pagan uh, idea, and this ideology that, listen, Mary has some kind of significance behind her. That Mary has some kind of higher power or spiritual being that's there. Listen, Mary was flesh just like you and I. She was a sinner that had to trust in the faith and put her faith and trust in the finished work of what Jesus Christ was going to do. Looking forward to that cross and standing at the feet of Jesus when he's hanging on the cross she's there believed in what he did listen she's saved the same way you and I are saved yes she had the privilege of birthing Jesus physically into this earth but she's not one that intercedes for us it's God that intercedes but they served Ashtaroth you know what there's people today that still believe in these lies they still believe in all this stuff and how can this happen how can it happen when we have truth I believe the biggest reason is because God's people, which are called by His name, won't humble themselves and pray 
and seek God's face and turn from their wicked way. That's why he can't forgive our sins and heal our land. We have the recipe. We have the key. But you know what we're more concerned about? If our kids have the latest fashions. We're more concerned about did our kids see that new movie that's out there? Did, they, did our kids know about, uh, man, I can't believe you don't let your kids have a cell phone. And we, we laugh about that. We joke about, you know, I saw an 8-year-old or a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, I think, last week, had an iPhone 11. What are you going to do with that? I mean, honestly, what business does an 8-year-old have having an iPhone 11? Well, it's just so we can communicate with them. How about talking to them? Let's try that. You know what? We have people sit across each other in a booth, and they're sitting there like this on the phone, and they're texting each other. You know why? Because probably what they're saying, they don't want to verbalize because they don't want people to hear it. Listen, we ought not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, and there's a lot of gods, little G gods, that people out there serving. You know what? We have different religions that believe in different things and different gods. And listen, the nation of Israel turned away from it. God pulled his hand back off of them because he said, you know what? You want these little G gods? Fine. See how it works. See how it is without my blessing. See how it is without my provision. Listen, I know you may say, well, preacher, you're just going off on a, on a rabbit trail, and that's just your opinion. Listen, my opinion is it's, it's, it's wrong for us. You say, why is this your opinion? Because I believe it's Bible. It's wrong for us to let our young people know of all the things the world has to offer, and they know not the Lord. It's wrong. And we are going to stand before God for it one day. You know what? I'm going to stand before God for how Daisy, Carter, Julia, and Caitlin, how they know God. You say, well, what if they choose not to? That's not up to me. What's up to me is to make sure I do everything in my power that they know about God and know who God is, and they see me and their mama live in it. That's what's important. And not just them, but every young person in this room, they're a generation that's coming up after us, and they know not the Lord. And they need to know Him. I'm glad we have young people get up here and sing, man, God's been good. Isn't that a blessing? It's rare to find that, isn't it? Rare to find young people that will stand up here and sing. And not only sing it once, the crazy preacher gets up and says, hey, sing that again. And they'll sing it again. And they'll sing just as powerful as they did the first time about how God's been good. And you say, yeah, well, they talked about how in their life they've had more tears and more pain than losses. They're just a little kid. How do they know that? Listen, they're singing the truth. Somebody wrote that song out of their heart, what God did in their heart, and how God's been good. Why don't you quit criticizing, just think about what God's done for you, how good God's been, and just rejoice in a song and praise the Lord about it. As long as it's biblical, it doesn't go against this book, you ought to shout the rooftop off about it. Why? Because God's been good. God's been good. You know what? Tom Brady never did anything for you. What's a guy's name in basketball? James, what's, what's his name? LeBron James, that guy. He talks about how he's the best thing in basketball. And people know, man, they'll wear his jerseys. Man, I'm a Cavs fan until he goes to the Lakers. Then they're a Lakers fan. And they'll jump around. Why? Because they just love LeBron James or they love Tom Brady or they love this person. How about love God? Why don't we wear jerseys that says, hey, I'm for God. I'm for Jesus. Well, preacher, people might laugh at us. They might think we're something. What God are you serving? What God are you serving? 
By the grace of God, Faith Baptist Church will never cancel service on Super Bowl Sunday. Why? Because we don't serve a God of football. I don't serve a God of a pigskin and a bunch of men throwing, throwing a football around. I love football. But we're not going to cancel God's house because of it. You say, people do that? Absolutely. You know what they do? They come into the house of God and they play it on the screen. You say, preacher, you're just meddling now. No, I'm talking about little G gods. I'm talking about the gods that we're serving that are on the other side of the flood and the gods of the Amorites and all of those things. The worldly gods that now the nation of Israel is serving. Baal and Ashtaroth. This mother of God and this God of fire that you had to sacrifice your children to him and you had to, this, this mother of earth, you had to pray to her and ask her to intercede to God. Listen, I'm so glad that we have a heavenly father that knows exactly where we are. And I don't have to go to a man to intercede for me. I just go to Jesus who intercedes on my behalf. And I'm glad when I don't even know what to say. There's a Holy Spirit who, who speaks and prays for me with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I'm glad that I have a God who sacrificed for me. Listen, Balaam never did anything for them. Ashtaroth never did anything for them. You say, well, it said that they, they had good and they had things like this. You don't, believe, you don't think Satan has enough power to do things like that? Oh, sure he does. He can disguise himself as an angel of light and make people believe, oh, hey, you're believing the truth. But you know what? The Bible tells us not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And there is one God. One God. You say, why? The Bible says in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How many gods are that talking about? One. You know, there's only one capital G, God. But there's many little g, gods. And I believe even in the house of God, there's many little g gods that we serve. Little g gods that motivate us to do what we do. You understand work can be a god? See, what are you talking about? Oh, listen, I think you ought to work hard. I think God's people ought to be the hardest workers at their job. I believe that with all my heart. I believe you ought to work harder and, than anybody else that, that is employed where you're employed. Why? Because whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it thy might is unto the Lord and not unto men. I believe you ought to do the best you can. But you know what? What is it the reason most of the time that motivates us is that paycheck at the end of it, isn't it? That's why we're just so addicted to work. We want to work, work, work. It's not the work necessarily we're addicted to. It's the return of the work that we're addicted to. That money, the love of money, the root of all evil. You know what? We have a lot of places that are uh, addicted to self and partying and all these different things. We could, we could be here all night listing the little G gods. But I'll tell you what, none of them have ever been good to us. But the God, man, he's been good. He's been good. And they were from going in a tailspin and end up in tragedy. You say, preacher, why do you talk to us about all this? Because I want you to understand that God is a holy God and he's a forgiving God. He's a God that if, we, if you'll come to him, he'll in no wise cast you out. And he said, if, you, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you'll see as we go continue on through the book of Judges on Sunday nights how they cried out to God with a repentant heart. And you know what God did? God delivered them. But you know what? Once God delivered them and things were going well again, they forsook him again. 
you know what? Let me just give this side note. God is not a crutch for you to pull out of the closet anytime you're having a hard time. God is one that you ought to go to every day, whether you're in the good times or the bad times. He's not just one that you ought to hold. Lord, help us. Help us during this time. Whenever we go to war, you see people, God, help our, save our troops. Help our troops. And I want him to. I want him to protect the people that protect our land, all that stuff. But why do we only call upon God when we go to war? Why do we only call upon God when we're having a, a financial need or a physical need, some health uh, problem that's going on? God isn't there just to make your life better. God's there for you to trust Him and follow Him and you to love Him. And through your love for Him and your guiding Him, guess what? Or in Him guiding you, your life becomes better. You know why? Because where He leads, even though we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we don't have to fear evil because He's with us. He strengthens us. He helps us through it. I was studying through these gods and I just thought my heart began to break because I thought about our land today. I thought where we are. And listen, I was talking with Brother Steve before church and we just said, hey, you know, history repeats itself, doesn't it? It just seems like that's where we're heading today, isn't it? We have that generation. They talk about that. I mean, you'll hear even people that claim to be saved, they're like, oh, Mother Earth brought me that, this mother earth didn't bring you nothing god gave it to you if it's something that that was benefiting benefiting you guess what god allowed you to have it the fact of the matter is you plant crops and they grow right it wasn't mother earth that did it it was god that did it i drive around i see all these farms all these corn fields and all this stuff i go hunting man i walk through this cornfield it's taller than i am and i think you know what this wasn't because the farmer's necessarily a good farmer oh he done he did all the things to prepare for it, but god let it grow god did that we ought to give credit to whom credit's due it's god's been good you drove here in that car tonight you know what god's been good you have money to pay your bills god's been good don't serve the false god Serve thee, God. If you don't do that, you start disobeying God, heading in the wrong direction. You're never going to reach the right destination. And you'll get, just like they were, in tailspin into tragedy. You'll be in this big tail. You ever been in a tailspin in a car? You ever driving and just start spinning? You have no control, really, over where you're heading. You're really at the, at the mercy of wherever the gravity and the force and all that's taking you. But you know what? You start disobeying God. There's a reformer's unanimous truth that I'll leave you with tonight. God gives you a free will to choose. But once you choose, the consequences of that action are what? Inevitable, incalculable, and up to God. They're up to God. Let me ask you tonight, church. Which God do you serve? There's only one true God. Only one true God. But is there a little G God that you're serving? You say, preacher, if I come to an altar, if I admit that, people are going to know that I've not been serving God. I believe people in this church are going to rejoice that you got things right. And listen, somebody comes and gets things right, you ought not to criticize them. You ought not to criticize them. Why? Because that's what we're all about, restoration, repentance, seeing people restored unto God. But you know what? God can start revival in this church if God's people would just start serving the one true God. Following after Him, not the little g-gods. And I may not have even called it out, I may not have named it, but the Holy Spirit of God named it. 
in your heart. Because he's a jealous God and he's going to let you know if there's something in your life ahead of him. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes.